Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am Yoda. And we watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and also... TC two thousand. One was significantly better than the other. In uh, in keeping spirit of uh, of this week's assignment, I stopped watching TC two thousand at the halfway mark. So, oh, you missed out on the end. Uh, you guys, the you only guys will have to part. fill me in on the ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure you're gonna have trouble guessing the twist. All right, well, <laughs> um, uh, before we get to that, Parker, we have any news? Oh, buddy, do we ever? Luckily, because of our new recording schedule, we were able to get some hot breaking news about America's favorite couple. Uh, turns out, uh, now that uh, M and H don't have that extra twenty million to fall back on for releasing twelve episodes of a podcast, uh, you know tensions are tough there. Uh, big fan of the article talking about how. You know, Prince Harry just doesn't like her stupid Hollywood life, so now they're taking some time apart. <laughs> he, just, he wants to come back so bad, but this American bitch won't let him. <laughs> All right, man. Whatever you say. But, uh, you know, shout out to to Bill Simmons for possibly breaking up Megan and Harry. <laughs> Critical support for we Bill We gotta Simmons. get him on the show. <laughs> I, you know, I actually read that article, and I don't know how... Incredible page six is, and they did have uh, differing sources there. But apparently, Harry's passion is filming documentaries in Africa. I'm not touching that. Yeah. No, absolutely uh, not. <laughs> and uh, Megan is very upset because uh, they might not be able to afford their mansion. Man, which one? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. How are they going to be able to send their kids whose names I don't remember? Parker, what are their names again? Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time with them. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Oh, you well, mean Archibald and Lilibet? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Parker, those are really good, Alex. Yeah, I, I need anyway, to learn these things. Uh, <laughs> so, how are they going to be able to send them to Frogmore Cottage for holiday? <laughs> how do you remember Frogmore? <laughs> How'd you forget Frogmore? <laughs> uh, purposefully. That was a difficult six weeks for me. Six. That reminds me. Six weeks. Season two, potentially in the works. You know. Speaking such, of uh, work, do you think like, maybe fan. this is all like a setup, like manufactured drama for season two? Yeah. <laughs> like, when, like when Jon Snow had to pretend his character was dead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is just like, you know, we, how do we live with We went through other? a rough patch. Here's our eight-part miniseries on how we worked through it. Now we're stronger than other. <laughs> yeah. You'll never guess who episodes one and two were about. <laughs> Spoilers, it's Princess Diana. <laughs> you know, we were just about me dead mom. Awesome! Great! Love oh, that. Man. 
A Dagobah accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? There was just so much online. Great. Awesome. <laughs> I love how it mentioned, like, yeah, she, she might not be able to afford her house or and all their security. It's like, but you still have all these bodyguards? You really it's, do it's sound over. Like, You really do sound like Elliot Page when you do an impression of her. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, so much for M and also H. Uh, we don't know. They, they might make it. I'm rooting for them. <laughs> yeah, we need a more. Classic of American love story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's move on to our jerks of the week. Oh fuck. I can't believe you've done this. My jerk of the week is Josh for stealing the funniest thing I've heard all week when he said Clamden Yards. <laughs> Such a fucking moron. I love him so much. It's not clams. <laughs> no, let's see. Well, I have two jerks of the week. Uh, Alex, you're my first jerk of the week. Because, you know, you go to the theaters every week. How come you didn't tell any of us that Barbie and Oppenheimer open on the same day? <laughs> are you effing kidding me? That's crazy. Uh, I want you guys to be surprised. Now, how could like, that possibly how, happen? Barbie looks like could, it's really upbeat, and Oppenheimer doesn't look that way at all. I don't even know how you're allowed to do that legally. It's almost like the studios knew that there was a contract ending with all of their actors, and they had to get a movie out real quickly. Parker, Parker, I have an idea. Dude, what if for, like, the show we do, like, a double feature? You watch it on, like, the same day. We could call it, I don't know, Barbie and Oppenheimer together. That's good. That's good. I'm going to make a shirt and post it under every tweet I see. (laughs) Uh, My other jerk of the week is uh, me, because I thought y'all were joking about also doing TC2000, because I did not watch that this week. You know what? (laughs) Oops. (laughs) All right, we have one and a half views of that movie. We're good. Yeah, we said that offhanded at the end of last episode. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that maybe. And it was never mentioned again. I, I guess cool. Chris and I literally did have that conversation like yesterday. And just yeah. Just to tell you. Yeah, and I also called it TC9000, so. <laughs> I mean, I would have watched it again. <laughs> it's not for lack of wanting to. Oh, wait, so have you seen it before? Yes, it's oh, okay, it's been well. a minute. I'm sure Honestly, I don't. Dude, need it could be literally a minute. You would have forgotten everything. It's not a memorable movie. Uh, Fair. We will right. somehow. We're going to talk about less than we talk about Mission Impossible, which is probably just going to come down to it's good. We'll Alex. make it work. Uh, real quick, Hero of the <laughs> yeah. Week is uh, a new thing came out called Pokemon Sleep, and within three days there were shiny hunters sleeping with four phones next to them. Shout out to all those guys. <laughs> those guys own the coolest shit. Just someone just screenshotting four different phones of the Snorlax trying to get a shiny by getting good restful sleep. Hit those rim cycles, Kings. I love you. Dude, that oh, what the fuck? So no one told me about this? I got nine hours of sleep yesterday. I felt I like a fucking sicko. That's my Saturdays. I go into That's a uh... deep coma. <laughs> Chris, I have you beat by four or five hours. Oh, well, you I think you earned yours, dude. I was such a tired boy. <laughs> I, one of these I woke days, up I'm today, I was now. the crankiest human being alive because the last liquid that I consumed was a fucking Pepsi at a baseball game at 7pm last night. Dude, the last oh, yeah. liquid I consumed was those two yinglings. <laughs> I came home today, chugged a uh, yingling tall boy and took a nap for two hours. We're thriving. Hell yeah, King. Yeah, I, feel, I still feel that I need to shower. So, nah. I mean, yeah, same, no. but always. Yeah. I could live in there. 
Uh, my jerk of the week is Chris for uh, admitting to me yesterday that despite being our dad rock aficionado of the show, he does not listen to Steely Dan. But we're changing. That. I listen to some Steely Dan, not as much as you do, apparently, because I got into his car and the first <laughs> thing I hear is uh, uh, "Reeling in the Years," and I was just like, "Ah, that's so nice playing this for me." And he was like, "Oh yeah, sure." And we listened to every Steely Dan song on the way to the. We didn't even get close, buddy. I've had that on fucking the Steely Dan shuffle for like three days straight. I've only, I think I, I only have two of their albums. I literally grew up in that perfect age group, like age bracket, where I had access to literally every album that's ever been made, but was still like autistic about listening to everything as a full album. And like, man, the people that were born two years younger than me have it so much better. I forgot you could just do that. I'm not listening to a fucking Steely Dan album. I'll just play this, and it just never stops because there's always more music. Because they've been making music for 50 years. Ricky, don't lose that yumber. All right, let's get into what we watched recently. Uh, <laughs> First one, uh, this is from the list. Great, uh, Parker, you oh, like this yeah. one. You like this one a bit more than I did. Uh, this is called Trick or Treat, but it's the one spelled O R instead of just apostrophe R. Oh yeah, that movie's <laughs> fucking stupid, dude. Yeah. That movie rules. <laughs> I mean, on paper, this is a great idea, and when I say great idea, I mean it's really stupid. But like you you want to see it you're like oh man this is going to be really funny the basic idea is there's a guy who uh he's going to high school right and he's really into heavy metal but he's kind of a dork he's a little overweight and people make fun of him and he has a show and uh he his favorite heavy metal singer i guess like dies or something like that and he somehow summons him through the guy's posthumous release with uh backwards masking and he plays the message forward and the guy is summoned through his speakers and he uses him to wreak vengeance on his high school bullies. My main takeaway here is Parker, I've always respected metal. I think metal, I think Godzilla is great, actually. I yeah, think I don't know really why cool. anyone would like that movie. That's pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, the other thing is. Laugh now, you will. <laughs> this is the other, by the way. <laughs> the other thing is uh, Trick or Treat, maybe it's the copy I got. It looks and it sounds horrible. I, oh yeah, same, yeah. buddy. I had the same one. I promise yeah. you. It's. It, I mean, looks this like looks like sub VHS quality. There's no way this is released this way. Come on. <laughs> I'm sure there's better versions now. That's not how I intend to see it. Absolutely not. Yeah. That movie's you know, supposed to look like a copy of a copy of a copy that someone stole from Blockbuster 45 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, if you're gonna emphasize music for your movie, and when I say music, I'm using the term kind of loosely because it's heavy metal. You, you might as well like make it so someone can hear what's going on like even the songs from what i could hear the melody was kind of decent it's not like it was a bad song or anything it's just the quality of the audio was just horrendous and uh speaking of someone who knows anyway i one of the funnier things about this is apparently uh you got two uh well really one and a half uh, heavy metal legends who are in this movie cameo roles. The first is Ozzy Osbourne, who, uh, <laughs> and the second is the midget from the Ball with the Bob video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the first is uh, is Ozzy Osbourne. He plays uh, a preacher who is anti heavy metal. He goes on a talk show, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. You know, that that actually kind of works. It's a surprisingly sober cameo from Ozzy Osbourne. The other, who doesn't, I, I don't think he even shows his face, Gene Simmons, who they wanted to play uh, the heavy metal guy that he summons from the dead to wreak revenge on his uh, high school bullies. Uh, Gene Simmons uh, read the script and went, no, I want to play uh, this uh, radio DJ who's like a parody of Wolfman Jack or whatever. 
And they were like, huh, okay, I guess. What the fuck is Wolfman Jack? Did you ever see, um, uh, what was the, that George Lucas movie? That no. Came out, the name of the movie was American Graffiti. So in American Graffiti, uh, and I don't know if you've seen it, there is a, a DJ who's also a parody of Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack was, uh, in reality, he was a famous uh, rock and roll DJ in like the 1950s or something like that. And apparently he was really important to people who grew up in that era. And uh, he ended up playing himself in American Graffiti, which is directed by George Lucas and is not very good. And apparently uh, Gene Simmons also listened to him play stuff like Yakety Yak. Unfortunately, Time Machine is broken, so we can't go back and listen to Wolfman Jack. He, uh, you know who uh, sounds like him? <laughs> Here's one for you. Uh, you ever you ever play uh, Crazy Taxi? It's a game where you drive uh, around a taxi. To, uh, so, to me, it's just a regular taxi, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is normal taxi. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, your driver, by the way. Well, the announcer guy from Crazy Taxi sounds like he's doing a Wolfman Jack impression. You know, hey, this is normal else, Yoda. This is, a, this is a pretty informative episode, I gotta say. Yeah. Dude, Love it I'm or hate to be it. honest, <laughs> the second you started talking about the crazy taxi announcer, the voice that popped into my head was the bop it voice. And I was just hearing the, ow! <laughs> and, uh, it's not as good now that I remember what crazy taxi is. Yeah. So the other movie how I we watched. Get, how do we get, oh yeah, this all started with Yeah, like, it's Gene, Gene Simmons. With someone going to Gene Simmons like, hey man, yeah. we've seen you act before. Do you want to be our main character? And he said, No. no. <laughs> That's Thanks, fucked Gene. up, actually. Well, you know, I can't it, believe they took that from us. He, well, he was busy with another starring role from this same year, which was in Never Too Young to Die. So Okay, that was the right choice. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. He played Ragnar in that movie. And uh, if you don't know who Ragnar <laughs> is... <laughs> hey, man, what's up? This is Ragnar, by the way. <laughs> All right, uh, another movie I watched. I'd never seen this, but... Uh, Alex uh, uh, got the actress from Batman wrong and made me think about her. I was like, huh, I wonder who else she was in. This is Kim Cattrall, not Kim Basinger, who is Close in enough. a movie called Mannequin. This is about a, a kid who falls in love with a mannequin who comes to life as Kim Cattrall. And I'm like, alright, what could possibly go wrong here? And the answer is not much. Like, a lot of people kind of rip on this movie and be like, oh, it's so unrealistic. And I'm like... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, the movie where the mannequin comes to life. Not entirely based in scientific fact. But it's, I don't know, it's kind of cute. Really, the, the draw here is Kim Cattrall. She's a really good actress. She's fun to watch. And uh, you don't really have a problem with the movie. The, if there is a problem with the movie, the most significant one is that it doesn't really know who it's aiming for. Like, it's a bit too sexually charged for kids. But only kids would uh, be into this kind of stupid shit. But ultimately, if you just ignore everything but Kim Cattrall, you'll have a good time. Which is what I say about most movies that Kim Cattrall is in. Uh, and after that, I was like, hey, what if I watch a good movie for a change? And I decided I would watch it for the first time, and I've got no excuse for putting this off so long. Uh, a little movie called Raising Arizona. This is by The Two Brothers. And... Uh, this is, uh, what is it about? It's about Nick Cage is in it, and uh, he's a criminal, and he marries a, a girl, Holly Hunter. And uh, they decide, you know what? We'd really like to have a baby. Let's steal one. And they do. And they're like, oh, we'll try to raise this baby as our own, but things go awry. 
And I I don't know why I put it off for so long. Like, I've known about this ever since I was in, like, middle school. People were like, oh, yeah, Raising Arizona is really good. And it's not like I've been avoiding it. It's just like, ah, you know, I'll get around to it. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it turns out this movie's really good. Uh, everyone was right about it. Nick Cage, uh, one of my favorite performances from him. You know, you know, you would, like, on paper, I feel like the idea of Nick Cage playing a hick doesn't work. But Nick Cage playing a really stupid hick is incredible. Yeah. Well, it's, he's... It's perfect. He is two for two on that with uh, Con Air. I was I was wondering where he got that voice from. Turns out they're very, very similar. Not identical, but, you know, basically the same. I like his hair in this movie somehow even more than his hair in Con Air. <laughs> it really does look like Woody the Woodpecker the whole time. Uh, Holly Hunter's really good in this, too. And uh, I, I think... Really, the draw here is uh, an earlier performance from John Goodman. Okay, John Goodman is uh, a convict who's also in, he's in like the same prison where uh, where Nick Cage was. And one day he escapes in the mud. Parker, look at directly the scene where he emerges from the mud, roaring like a hell spawn, is something that is going to live with me f- until I die. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen absolute perfection <laughs> yeah the whole movie is very very funny uh i love the chase scenes i like the music that goes along with it and the other thing i like about it is that just hearing on paper oh nick cage plays a criminal who kidnaps a baby you're like oh that's evil that's horrible that's disgusting how could you possibly do that but he's still a very likable character because he's so earnest and you want to see more of him and you hope that he does the right thing and in the end he does and uh, he kind of gets a little bit of a happy ending there. I'm like, hey, you know, mostly because he has hope, not like he has a baby of his own, but it's like, hey, there is potential in the future for me. I'm like, well, that's really nice. He's a good person who does the wrong thing a whole lot. But I don't know. I, I had a really good time with this. So shouts out to Raising Arizona. If you didn't know about this before, good thing you're listening to this show. Well... Speaking of Holly Hunter in 1987, I watched her other movie from that year, Broadcast News. I don't know if you guys have heard of this one, but... I uh, thought you said you only watched one really good movie this week. I didn't say only, so... Broadca- I just assumed you went back to the list after this. No, Same. later. Uh, stay tuned. Oh. No, bro- <laughs> Broadcast News. Uh, broadcast News, which does not have Gene Simmons, unfortunately, is a story about romance and journalism. Can they work together? Uh, the answer is eh, whatever. This is actually one of the better journalism movies that I've seen, and uh, there aren't a whole lot of good ones. But this is one that kind of stands out. <laughs> this is going to sound shitty, and I'm going to maybe make it sound shittier by the end of it. I, it's basically a story about a woman and uh, two men that she uh, happens to work with, and uh, they're both in love with her, and she has to choose between them. That's the way it was sold to me. It's a little bit more complicated than that, and. It actually shows them being journalists, how they have to, you know, broadcast a story, how they have to write the script, and how they have to deliver to an audience. Basically, you're telling a story. And a lot of the equipment that they were using in 1987, I'm somewhat familiar with because of uh, some of the places that I've worked. And you might say to yourself, what, Shippensburg, all that antiquated equipment? No, some of that equipment is still used all around the country because journalism is a dying breed. Uh... Some places have more advanced equipment, depending on where you go, depending on uh, how much money you have. But a lot of the money that journalistic outposts use is just uh, mishandled, shall we say. The performances are very good. Uh, I guess it was Albert Brooks as uh, as one of the supporting actors. 
he is hysterical. I, I don't think I knew anything about him until I watched this movie. And uh, I had to, like, look him up and see what else he had done. Turns out he was uh, Nemo's dad in Finding Nemo. And I uh, just didn't even place that voice, so I guess I missed Who's that Who's the one. fish he was looking for? Uh, goofy. So, who else? Is it? Uh, William Hurt is in here, and this is, like, easily the best acting performance that William Hurt has ever done, as far as I can tell, because usually William Hurt is, like, Kevin Costner level of bland, and he's actually kind of great in this. I love Holly Hunter. She's uh, wonderful. The romance really works. Uh, I, I care about every single character. The lines are very well written. So, yeah, this one's pretty good. Uh, Alex, do you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, not that I'm really prepared to talk about. Parker, you have any thoughts? But... <laughs> uh, no, but I'm glad journalism's dying. That's my take. Oh. <laughs> he, he actually, if if uh, if he doesn't say that at least once a month on the show, uh, they won't send him his Texas state tax refund. So, uh... and believe me, they're listening. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Okay, so uh, next one here. Oh. I don't know if I want to talk about Oh, that. we're back to the list. Okay. Yeah, I know. I actually don't want to talk about that. The, the next one. The immediate is... pause of like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, like, for all the movies I've been watching on here, ultimately, while I'm watching them, I'm thinking to myself, how do I talk about this in an entertaining way on the show? Because otherwise, I'm just kind of wasting time. And I would hate to do that on this show. But uh, there isn't really a whole lot that's interesting to say about a movie like Slugs from 1988. Like, how do you make a movie that's worse than Squirm? Well, this is how. Here's, alright, here's, I, this is the best I could do for Slugs, right? Slugs was, uh, I remember, I went to the letterbox where it's like, people actually like this? A whole bunch of, like, five-star reviews for Slugs. People said, yeah, great gore effects. I remember when I said that one time on this show and I immediately felt, like, kind of ashamed. <laughs> I'm Watching this, I was just like, I'm, I must be missing something. I have lost my crown as a horror movie expert here because I don't think that's okay we'll put it back dude yeah I'm working for it this is (laughs) I don't want Parker to steal it out from under me (laughs) you know he's so close to catching up I watched Joyride 3 and said my crown now (laughs) you got him you got me Chris yeah uh Slug sucks don't watch it uh next one I watch it this is again not much to say here but uh it's worth watching about as much of this as alex watched of tc2000 this is a movie called waxwork and uh basic idea here is there is a waxwork which is a building where they have a whole bunch of uh, wax figures of bullshit no one cares about and some teens go in there for a night of fun and from there it turns into an anthology thing it's like oh what if who cares? I, I don't even fucking like this movie. The, I, I also <laughs> watched half of Waxwork. Yeah. And I was like, I'll get back to this. We, were, we left the house. And then, uh, you didn't get I back to it. I, I don't log in on Tubi, so there's no continue watching. It's just, it's gone. Yeah. If I open an app and it doesn't tell me to finish it, I ain't finishing it. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. The only draw for this is that it has, I forget the actor's name, but he played Bobby Briggs from Twin Peaks, who I really like. I think he's a really good actor. Turns out I am very much alone on that. <laughs> he doesn't seem to be getting a lot of appearances. Like, the only other thing I saw him in was, uh, he was on the, that episode of uh, the fucking Psych, where they did a Twin Peaks episode, so it's like, of course he's going to cameo. And Parker, I think I made you watch Ghost Dad. He was in that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. I remember. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, I definitely remember that vividly. Yeah. That, How's that not on the list? Uh, mercy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, actually, kind of surprised that's not on the list. That movie fucking blows. Anyway. I'm uh, writing that guy a message on whatever site he posts the list on right now. Yeah, go for it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that guy's like in person. I don't know. Meet up with him and hit him. Normal, probably. Yeah. Well, anyway, that guy who plays Bobby Briggs on Twin Peaks is actually really good in waxwork. I'm like, give him more roles. And then I looked it up. Apparently, the only reason he got the uh, the part on Twin Peaks, which is one of the most prominent parts on Twin Peaks, because his mom was the casting agent. So apparently, maybe just a tough guy to work with. Who knows? Good for him. Yeah. Everything else about waxwork is just like, oh, now they're meeting a vampire. Bobby Briggs turns into a werewolf. And so you're like, oh, this is doing like a tribute to those monsters movies from the 50s, right? And uh, also, like, they had House of Wax from the 1950s. And just the idea of doing an anthology is very much like a Peter Cushing sort of thing, right? So this is a tribute to movies that don't deserve tributes because they're not even good. And yet, we've seen them all. <laughs> all right. Really might, makes you think. Might as well get to this now because it'll be weird if we try talking about this after Mission Impossible. But TC2000. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me refresh myself real quick here. Yeah, TC2000 stars uh, Billy Blanks. Parker, that ring any bells? Uh, a lot of charisma, good line delivery, uh, big shoulders. <laughs> very, That's very all I got for shoulders. You. Yeah, Lots of spin kicks. You can tell he wants Lots to be spin. here. Uh hundred percent. He yeah. loves it. Apparently, uh, he's the one who brought the script to Bolo Young. As he should. I yeah. mean, I would also do anything to be in a movie with Bolo Young, even though yeah. I'd probably die. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, Chris, uh, did, was uh, your copy of this like? Did it have the voices in sync with the rest of the movie, or was this very flagrantly dubbed? This was very flagrantly dubbed. Like as soon uh, I'm as the woman sure, because I speaking. tried three times to find one that lined up. It's like okay. Oh, this is... <laughs> no. This is how you know it's a white guy karate movie. Sorry, Billy Blanks, but them's the breaks. Uh, this is <laughs> some of the worst dubbing I've seen in a while. <laughs> you're just sitting there like, like, no, I'm not saying you're a white guy. It's it's yeah. just the genre you're that's, in. Yeah, that's just the style that you practice. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, the biggest flaw of this movie is Bill Young's playing a good guy. That just doesn't seem to be right to me. It's not. I don't know how to say it without coming across as uh, racist, but I don't trust that. <laughs> he has a sinister demeanor. His lips look like Peter Dow's lips. When he just... smiles, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what, what year is this? Suddenly, <laughs> we're back in 1958. <laughs> oh, I knew we still had the time machine. I <laughs> am Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> when he glares, you, he looks like he's going to rip you apart like a phone book. And when he smiles, he also looks like he's going to rip you apart like a phone book. Yeah. Just imagining going back and doing the Yoda voice in the 50s and then doing the Michael J. Fox line about how your kids are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> See, my thing is that Bolo Young can't really be a sensei because as you're training with him, like 10 minutes in, you'd be like, well, why don't you just go fight him? Come on. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Star Wars, uh, training under him also operates like the Sith. He just will kill you if you're not strong enough to use their bully young. I was surprised, too, that he was a good guy, mostly because there's a scene in this movie where he punches a guy through another guy. Yeah, it's, he's using his key. Man, I really wish he told me to rewatch this. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. Dude. I would have simply not taken a nap today not knowing I could watch this again. <laughs> No, I needed that yeah. nap desperately. Thank yeah, you so I don't, much for not telling me. If someone comes up to me and says, do you want to watch TC2000 or take a nap, I'm probably taking the latter. Become a bit of a nap boy here. I should probably change that. 
Anyway, I learned about Key from Dragon Ball Evolution. So, Billy blinks as Jason Storm. Yeah, Jason Storm. God damn it! I should watch (laughs) the literally. I I was so happy that we got as far as we did because literally my favorite part of this movie was looking at her face the second that the bad guy introduced himself as Nikki Picasso. Hell yeah, dude. I don't remember much about this movie, but let me tell you, that's up there. (laughs) That's top three. (laughs) That really does sound like Bobby Chicago. It's so fucking stupid. It looks like he could be in the baseball theories. Why is his name Picasso? He paints the streets with his enemy's blood or something. I don't know. So he has a young female assistant kick-asser. Whatever their name is. They're co- oh, TCs. Right. And uh, she gets killed, but then brought back to life as an android who kind of looks like barbed wire. And uh, she wears a really stupid outfit and does a bunch of backflips to introduce herself. Look, I'm going to tell you guys a real draw of this. First of all, good guys win. Always happy. Uh, on their Spoilers. side. Oh, were you going to finish? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> here's a real draw. Here's, here's why you watch it. The first, like, five minutes of the credits are just uh, Billy Blanks and Bull Young and some other guy going like, Hua, ha, That's the hoo, guy from Tiger Claws, dude. Yeah. While the, while the music in the background is going like... <laughs> and you're just like, oh, wait, how come the movie's kicking ass now with all the names on there? So, <laughs> so just good, watch dude. that I part. <laughs> I, uh, good week for personally, I was very disappointed when I found out that they were called TC2000s and not that the movie took place in the year 2000. Because right, yeah. I just assumed, as I'm getting that opening voiceover, like, well, clearly it's the year 2000, and we fucked the world already. Right. <laughs> I mean, they weren't too far off. Yeah. <laughs> but this came out seven years before 2000. Yeah. That's always my favorite bit. <laughs> Six years from now, everyone lives underground. You're like, what, what do you know? How can we do that? <laughs> Mr. Blanks, what have you foreseen? In my head, he yeah. wrote and directed this. Yeah. This is a passion too. project. All right, Alex, what'd you watch? All right, just a couple to talk about here. Uh, the first of which is a movie that both of you very much enjoy uh, called uh, Batman 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, let me let me start with the good, because this is going to be not very good. Um, this movie looks beautiful. Like, this movie... I, I, was, I was saying to Chris yesterday, the only other 80s movie that feels like 15 years more recent or at least passably 15 years more recent than it is is License to Kill and that's also a movie with an enormous stunt budget and you know if it wasn't for people's hair and the cars just the movie feels very very modern uh really appreciated how good this looks how good the action scenes are how good the sets are like I mean I know there's a scene, I don't even remember at what point in the movie is, but, like, Michael Keaton's standing on, like, a big-ass wooden balcony in his fancy fuck-you mansion, and, uh, like, that actually looks like something you can reach out and touch in a way that most other movies don't do for, you know, obvious budgetary reasons. But, uh, I really appreciated everything about how this movie looked and felt. It's really a shame that these are the actors and this was the story that were paired to such a pretty-looking product, because... I think this movie is, like, not one of the dumbest I've ever seen, because I'm on this show and I've seen a lot of really dumb movies, but, like, solidly in the second or third tier. Like, I... I, I, Okay, I get it. It's a comic book movie that came out before there were any good comic book movies. I know that, you know, 
this whole genre probably owes itself to this movie in a lot of ways. I understand it has impact. I understand why people like this movie so much. But uh, I think that every performance is bad. Like, literally all of them. And in a way that was that made me actively think, what if this movie just had Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter instead? It's probably better. I don't know. Um, I don't buy Keaton as Batman at all. Uh, I, as I was saying to Chris yesterday, which I'm not trying to redo exactly what I just told you, but I was going to just say it on here, so fuck you. Um, I don't buy Keaton as Bruce Wayne. I, you can't convince me that Michael Keaton came from money. He just he looks like he works in like a fucking shipyard in Boston. I just don't fucking buy it. Uh, and that's not to say anything about his acting ability. However, in this movie, I think his acting ability kind of matches the look. I think he's a very gruff Bruce Wayne in a way that doesn't really seem to make any sense to me. Uh, not Kim Cattrall is here doing something replacement level, as she does in all of her movies. Um, and Jack Nicholson, a Joker that a lot of people seem to like. To which I ask, fucking why? I mean... I get that he's going for this, like, he's going for something, and it's a very Jack Nicholson take on a performance. I actually thought a lot about The Departed while I was watching this movie, just because that's another performance of his that I feel is, like, entirely unhinged. Um, this one, I kind of don't blame him for parts of it, because a lot of my problem with this character is that he's just a regular guy for the first 40 minutes of the movie. And then he falls into a vat of goo, and two scenes later, he's just, like, shaking people's hand with a fake hand. It's like, I, I don't understand why this character is supposed to be a clown. It doesn't really make sense. I've never once in my life thought or cared about the origins of the Joker, so why'd you spend 40 minutes showing me this only to make it not match up with the rest of your character? There might be a very good, very good comic book reason for that, but uh, as I say, every time that's the case, I don't care. Alan Moore one, so probably not. Parker's well, the expert. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Less <laughs> is more. Rack him. Yeah. Got him. Well, as I said yesterday, I can't help you. It's a bad opinion, but uh, I can give you a why for uh, for why people like uh, Jack Nicholson on this one. <laughs> so mad. I understand why. Man, I'm Wait, speaking you, for five what? minutes, be like, I don't know, man, nothing I can do. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I appreciate that. You, you, wait, you understand why, but uh, you, you said uh, people like Jack Nicholson in this movie. Why? But you know why. So tell us why. Oh. All right, never mind. Did you like the music? I, yeah, it's hard not to like that music. There we go. I, I like. I loved the feel of this movie. Like, there's a lot there that is interesting. It's just that none of it are the movie parts. I mean, I still think a lot of the issues, especially with the Joker, is like this is, you know, now it's just like, well, everyone knows who this person is, so we could just show it in a flashback. And I was like, no, movie audiences don't care. They need to know who the Joker is and why he's so goddamn devilish. Yeah. Why is this man such a freaking weirdo, am I right? Yeah. I will say this, that the Joker is a little bit more fun the less you know about him. Because once you uh, understand, like, oh, yes. he, he just fell into a vat of chemicals, which I guess is the accepted uh, explanation now for everything. The, the, once you, It's like learning more about uh, Michael Myers, uh, which you find out in those fucking Rob Zombie Halloween movies. You're like, well, that's not fun anymore. I don't want to know about him. He's scarier what if he's if? a bit of a mystery. What if he was a kid who was bullied and he was very sad? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> His mom did Love smears. 
What if I, I, he fell in a big old vat? Like, I don't know, man. What if he's just crazy? Th- that's fine. Like, I don't have any problem with the he fell in a bat- vat and it made him crazy. The problem I have is the way that it's shown here. Because it's like, we have a character, a thing happens to him, and then we have a completely different character. And if you just want me to fill in the blanks of the trauma, like, that's just a poor way to tell this story. It made me long for a line that I've made fun of probably 500 times in my life, and you want to know how I got these scars. Because, like, that's at least, you know, you're giving me the characterization without making the movie waste my time. And I I don't know. I, I wanted to like this. I was, as I was watching it, I was like, wait, have I not seen this? I was, like, very surprised as things were unfolding in a way that was different than I remember, which I'm sure is going to make the next Batman movie that I revisit much less enjoyable but uh um i don't know i don't know i i i want to like movies like this and like uh, they're you know i'm glad on some level this exists but like i was just like man tim burton you were kind of slumming it here you really did spend all of your time and effects on the effects did you like the part where Batman just murders like a dozen people? That was one of my favorite parts. They just don't bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Anytime someone goes on a fucking tangent about the Zack Snyder one, it's like, yeah, but the one you like also did that. And then you get six paragraphs, you're like, oh, shit, I'm not reading that. Yeah. He just, he just fucking <laughs> explodes his car and kills like a dozen people around him. Yeah, see, because I don't care about Batman, that doesn't strike me as surprising. <laughs> so... Like, why, why wouldn't it? Hey, like, Batman yeah, is cool. Come. All right. Uh, it's important to note that Tim Burton uh, does not and did not care about comic books whatsoever. <laughs> so Good. That, that actually, wait, I'm, I'm going to dispute that because uh, I did some research into this. The reason he made this is because he read The Killing Joke. It was like, oh, wait, this would be sick. And I Good. can do this. And Great, thanks. <laughs> apparently the whole time what he really wanted to do was an adaptation of Year One. Year One is probably my favorite Batman comic. The closest you're going to get to year one is just watch Batman Begins and uh, The Batman, the Robert Pattinson one, back to back. And that's basically year one. But what oh, if, what's the first one there? Sorry, I, that uh, was me spacing out. Uh, Batman Begins, the the first Nolan one. Oh, so watch right, about yeah. Watch yeah. about half of that, and then yeah. when he gets back to Gotham, you're like, that's ah, whatever. We'll remember the ending of Batman Begins where he sees the Joker card. That's that's actually from year one. So it's like little stuff like that. It's they both kind of tell similar stories. They're they're basically year one, and Tim Burton never got to do it because uh, he was sick and tired of Batman. You know, for somebody that loves lore as much as I do and will listen to other people tell me about lore, about things that I don't care about literally all day, like, it's a little bit surprising that I don't know more Batman lore. That's because I am a merciful friend who doesn't just text (laughs) me at 6 a.m. Hey, man, how's it going? Yeah. So anyways, in uh, Elseworlds, and he just blocked me immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Just start responding to you with like Google Translate in another language. <laughs> oh, sorry, man, I lost my phone. I guess somebody uh, else has it now. A classic riddle for my friend Alex. You know who else likes riddles? <laughs> Yoda. Well, uh, well, I'm glad, I only watched... glad that you hated this. You're really gonna hate Batman Returns. Very excited I, to hear your take. On I it. didn't hate it. You there called it a zero star on. movie. <laughs> I and I called it a five star effect budget. Like it's. There were parts that were enjoyable to watch. We just fucking talked about TC2000, a movie that literally only exists for us to see spin kicks. Like, 
I don't need the plot of every movie I watch to be perfect. I it's think fine. I think it's we just can this come is a particularly to, bad one. I think we can come to an agreement that Batman 1989 would be better if it had spin kicks. Uh, well, I mean, correct. There we he go. physically could not turn his head, much less spin kick. Good. That's such a good suit where you literally have to turn your whole torso to look beside you. The 80s owned. Yeah, take yeah, it Batman back. Returns is a fucking nightmare. I'm very excited to hear your take on it. We'll get there. That first one is longer than I expected it to be, so it might be a little bit. Yeah, I've only sat down and watched it like start to finish when we did that episode years and years ago. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it a million times because I grew up in front of a TV. But, uh, yeah, I honestly don't remember a ton of it. I remember the moments everyone remembers, but since I wasn't born in the 80s, I don't have a hankering to sit down and watch it every month like some people do. Yeah, those people I don't understand. But that's that's true for basically any movie. I can't... I don't know that I've ever seen a single movie more than, like, five times in my life. I just... It's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to watch the same thing over and over. I just sit there like a little piggy with my popcorn going, Get to the new part! <laughs> it's interesting you say that, because I do feel like this is a movie where if you were to watch it, you would have been like, Oh, wait, this is good, and, you know, maybe you would get it or something. Yeah, we'll see in, like, 12 years. <laughs> we'll still be doing this, hopefully. I'm sure we will. Oh, you can great. ask me then. Set yourself, a, set yourself a little Google Calendar notification in case the Mayans were wrong. Again. <laughs> uh only watched one other thing this week that i feel like talking about uh so no hard feelings is one of my favorite movies of the year wasn't expecting that to happen i'm um, actually really interested in checking that out i heard jennifer lawrence is good in it uh yes she is way 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 better than this movie deserves despite the fact that i think this movie is good like 10 years ago this is a tara reed part like, there's just there's no way it's not so seeing like a real actress in this part is it makes it a lot more interesting uh i'm sure you guys are you know vaguely familiar with the premise from trailers because you two also go to the movies um but in case anyone's not the premise is basically uh these helicopter parents are about to send their kid off to princeton and the kid's just like a fucking loser and has never had a girlfriend so they're trying to hire somebody to help him like experience what it's like to be a fucking normie before he goes off to college uh and enter jennifer lawrence who is the exact same age as me in this movie which really made it hit close to home in ways that i wasn't expecting as somebody that was just in a fucking classroom with a bunch of kids and also the age of this character that all of them look la- look at as like extremely old it's uh I think it's really effective. Like, it's genuinely funny. It's it's It earns the R rating. But much like Good Boys, like, there's, like, the third act is, like, just, like, a sentimental, you know, heartfelt kind of movie. In a way that still has jokes, but is a lot less focused on just, like, the slapstick. And then a guy sticks his dick in a Chinese finger trap. And you're like, we're so back. I, I can't believe the movies ever took these from us. There's a there's a uh, part earlier in the movie because like the you realize the kid is like a really nice kid and like he does kind of come out of a shell and like in a weird way the whole thing like the helicopter parents did kind of works uh you know he he like really does like come into his own and like starts making his own decisions and things like he's supposed to do but uh like early on like he's taking her on like a proper date because like he doesn't know what else he's supposed to do and like he gives her the he like shows her the chinese finger trap it's like oh you know that's so cute and then like later after you know things go south she's like hooking up with some guy on the couch and 
uh, the guy does the same, hey, close your eyes thing that, and, like, stick your finger at this spot that the kid did earlier, and then she opens it and his dick is just in the other side. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really good bit. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence uh, suplexes some kids on a beach while naked, which uh, I was not expecting to see in this movie. But, uh, you know, good for her. Uh, apparently, part of the reason that she was inspired to do this movie and that scene in particular was because of the happening because she's like well fuck everybody's already seen him anyway like why not why not just go for this and going for it is a weird way to describe a performance in an r-rated studio comedy but it's accurate in this one because she's she's very very good and for the first time in my life i actually like jennifer lawrence which is not something i was expecting to get from this you didn't Uh, like actively dislike her before this did you no i i uh when she was like like the it girl for that couple years i was kind of like this body of work hasn't really earned it and it seems to be that she's just she se- always seemed to me like she was doing a persona in interviews that made people like her more and whether that she's just worked. like me dude she's like <laughs> it, isn't that fun yeah and that i found that annoying and then immediately after that she started making movies like mother and i was like all right cool this was never a serious person i'm just gonna put her out of my memory and uh no she's really fucking good in this uh, it's definitely worth your time. Uh, you can watch this with basically any group of people, and they will enjoy it. I do feel like it hit close to home with me in a couple of ways that it won't for everybody. However, I find it hard to imagine anybody watching this and not being like, yeah, three and a half, four stars. That was really enjoyable. I did, uh, uh, like, that was a good thing to do with my hour and 45 minutes. I, uh have really strong positive feelings about this one. Uh-huh. I might see it again. I, after I, I just said I never watch movies again. You know what? I'm looking up uh, Jennifer Lawrence movies here, and I, I get the feeling I've only seen two of them. And they were Mother yeah. and Don't Look Up. I oh. thought we made you watch American Hustle. Was she? Oh, yeah, I guess I did see American Hustle. I didn't oh, like that so one. all the good ones. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that either. And, uh, and she was in The Beaver. <laughs> I have seen four Jennifer Lawrence movies, and none of them were nice. good. Next week's episode, you. Passengers. One of these days, oh, okay. I'm going to watch Silver Linings Playbook. I hear it's about football or something. Who knows? Man, you want to talk about an aggressively normal movie. <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> There's the word. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think Please. that's all I have to talk about. Parker, I'm sure we'll talk about this in two months. Uh, hopefully sooner with it streaming because uh, I'd love to see that I actually do not have a lot at all and the ones I have are very weird choices uh, let's start here so as I do scrolling through Hulu see a movie it's got a monster on the cover it's called The Lair I'm like bet why wouldn't I hit play on this so and uh <laughs> this is the kind of movie that I would just not talk about most weeks like, the plot is this fucking broad gets dropped in Afghanistan. Uh, she has to hide in some caves or some shit. I don't know, it's really bad. And then inside there, guess what? There's a secret lab and there's monsters. Like, that's enough to get me to click. Sold. The cover has a cool-looking monster. Uh, movie's ungodly boring. Everyone in it is unbearable to watch. The monsters just look like, hey, did you see like the last four Resident Evil movies? It's that, but somehow worse. And this is a movie I would skip, but every five minutes I just kept thinking, this dude made The Descent. How is this so bad? How is this so fucking... You've done this before. And also, like, there's no money. It's obviously made for fucking zero dollars, but, like, 
you made you made dog soldiers <laughs> like you've made good movies for no money with monsters that were scary and this is this is on par of every fucking movie we're 20 minutes in I'm like oh I'll just get up and start fucking wiping down the calendars in the kitchen I gotta get some chores done anyways let it run and then log it this is a real director it it broke my heart almost it's such a slam dunk to have the guy who made the descent be like alright uh soldier goes into caves and then finds a bunch of like genetically man made monsters fucking one star absolute garbage speaking of hey Alex you wanna watch the new bird box with me (laughs) do I ever oh man now I honestly don't remember anything about the first bird box it was in like 2018 all I remember is just aggressively not liking it so I tried to go into this with an open mind uh, the thing that I struggle with most is movies like this in a quiet place. Like, in my normal, regular, everyday life, I'm like three inconveniences away from killing myself. <laughs> so you put me in this situation, it's, this, there's no movie. Oh, what's that? I can't open my eyes outside or I'm dead? I guess I'm fucking dead. I'm not doing this for 40 years. Like, I'm out. So it's kind of hard to connect with these characters, but, you know, I try. Uh, the problem is... Uh, this movie fucking sucks real bad. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest issue with it. Uh, we There were four of us watching. All four of us had seen the original Bird Box. Two of them liked it more than the other two. You can guess which side I fell on. And by the hour mark, it would just be like, alright, skip five minutes, hit play, let the scene play out. Alright, skip five minutes. That's how we watched the third act. The of this action-packed <laughs> summer blockbuster on Netflix is just... I skipped something happening. I... I can't even put into words, like, why I... I wouldn't even say I hated it. I was just... We were so bored. You can only see the same thing play out so many times. There's only so many ways for... Wait, hang on a second. This person betrayed them. They're outside now. What's gonna happen? Yeah, I can't do that for two hours. I, I get it. If they open their eyes, they die. Got it. But this person's different. So he can see, but they can't see. But he can see, and he wants them to see. What are they seeing? I don't care. Because, like, that's a cool part of the original. Like, you don't get a lot of the lore. You don't know what the monsters look like or anything. But now we're in sequel territory. You can't You can't just do it again. Like, we've done this. Not only that, I have to read this movie, which is minus five stars. What the fuck? You're making me read a goddamn bird box? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) It's for Netflix. (laughs) Normies hate reading. (laughs) I sure do. I just... I was into it at first. Because I'm sure you don't remember, because no one remembers bird box. But, like, there's people in that movie, like, they they can see. And for some reason, they just want... I don't look. I don't know what kind of fucking stupid ass religious metaphor yeah, like this whole thing call. is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that's their whole thing. And we find out like twenty minutes into this movie that our main character is one of those. So I was like into it because like you're following him, and it's the typical thing you see in these movies where he comes across a group. And they're like, "Oh my god, we can't trust this guy." And he's like, "Please, my daughter." And they're like, "All right," and they begrudgingly take him in. And then you find out, no, he is one of those guys, and he just gets all of those people graphically killed. And I'm leaning forward like, "This would be a pretty good movie." And then the next hour of this movie is, uh, boy, tell, uh, stop me if I've talked about this before. 
uh, his daughter is actually dead. And then, but he finds a new group, and then they have a little girl, and he starts to bond with her. And he's like, "Oh my God, what am I doing?" You like that? Do you like another movie where a guy has a surrogate daughter and learns to live, laugh, and love? Do you like this? Because I fucking don't. I watched this in 65 and back-to-back weekends, and I'm fucking <laughs> sick of it. I'm sick of watching dudes go like, man, this is such a terrible situation we're in. If you were my real daughter, who is dead, who I loved, things would be better. So I'm going to... We We still don't understand why he just like had a come-to-Jesus moment. Because we keep getting flashbacks to what really happened with her. But, like, he was there for it. He, he's been choosing to literally walk people to their deaths over and over and over. For what we assume is years. Because I think this takes place, like, five years in or some shit. And then he just, like, meets another little girl. And he's like, damn. This is crazy. I should really stop doing this. I'm gonna stop the bad guy. Don't ask me who the bad guy is. We were skipping forward at that point. Yeah, absolute cheeks. Uh, don't watch it. It'll be off your homepage in three days, and you'll never think about it again. You didn't even get to check anything off. Correct. <laughs> Just drank a lot, and then we sat outside and drank more, and that was my evening. Uh, the last movie is a movie. Uh, boy, you want to talk about a list? I, I have a I have a list of my own to get through. <laughs> so I watched a film. My good buddy Chris recommended be called the Sasquatch Gang. Hey, <laughs> man, is this what having friends as a kid is like? Is he pretty sick? <laughs> I wish I'd done that. Uh, will admit, uh, was very upset when there was no actual Sasquatch. Yeah, sorry, I probably should have looked it up. You probably did, but yeah, you probably I, signed I this year. Really. You probably signed this a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you remembered this. <laughs> We've all got busy lives, alright? We're all struggling here. Yeah, all. <laughs> but it was a very sweet. I uh, Finding out that a lot of the people involved worked on Napoleon Dynamite was not a surprise, and right, that's yeah. not an insult. Yeah. I just want to stop that now. That's not an insult to this movie. Right. I just. A very nice, like, small town teenagers, just fucking day in the life. Uh, I gotta say, uh, as soon as Justin Long came on screen, I was like, oh, that's why you signed this to me. Gotta appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) The way he looks and also talks, I'm like, alright, man, I get it. (laughs) I'm a goddamn caricature to you. (laughs) I know, you 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 said you liked Barbarian. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of the whole time. I really, really enjoyed how it was split up through the different perspectives and shown in like chapters so you get the little fucking nerdlinger kids and their little plan and then just cutting back to justin long and his weirdo friend trying to scheme to make fourteen hundred dollars to keep his pontiac pontiac firebird because he has a lien on his house because he used his credit card 15 years ago and never paid it off it's a good bit it's a really good bit that the government's going to take his firebird because he got really high and spent five dollars at a burger place and just the finance charges and interest built up for over a decade it's a strong bit it's really good so, uh, yeah, they plant fake Bigfoot shit in the woods, and then the kids discover it, and they get the whole town involved in. It's cute. It's really cute. Like, I normally when I say things are cute, that's disparaging, mm-hmm. but I don't know a better word for it. Like, it's a sweet little small town, kids growing up, finding love, saving your firebird. It's a good movie. This I had is, a really good time with it. I feel like this is the first time in a while that I've assigned you something that you actually enjoyed. 
Same, because yeah. I looked at my options. I was like, oh, I guess I'll start with this one. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, Simon Says. Oh, right, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Still a little surprised we haven't done an episode on that. Uh, we did an episode on the other uh, the other one we did. I'll Double pour team. back. <laughs> I think that's it for me. Yeah, it was a very... Uh, like, man, the schedule's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> my body's not meant to wake up at 4 a.m. I can't do this. Yeah. Alex, you'd like the Sasquatch game? I probably would. Uh, I mean, less so now that I know there's not a Sasquatch in it, but... You have to mentally prepare yourself for that. It's like knowing that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is a part one. Oh my god, what? Why did nobody tell me? (laughs) I paid for a whole-ass ticket. (laughs) Very much appreciate that being in the title. Thank you for bearing the lead. Yeah. uh, Don't do that shit where the movie ends and it's like... It shows the title card, and then part one comes up. It's like, no, don't fuck, fuck you, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta say, maybe I was just in the mood, but like, I felt like I needed a Mission Impossible movie, and some th- sometimes things just coalesce. Like, I have to admit, the whole like week leading up to it, I was like, oh, I'll get around to it. And that day, I was just like, man, I want to watch Mission Impossible. I want to see Ethan Hunt, and uh, worked What's out. It's a real great. character's name, but yeah, way. that's yeah. That's actually always. very so, important. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, packed theater on the second weekend, which I think is a pretty good sign. And uh, even better sign is the people next to me. Not going to play the music. Clearly, the type who don't usually go to movies because they were <laughs> they were getting surprised by like stuff that wasn't even surprised. Like during a fight scene, like if someone landed a really good hit, there was like a a gasp. Of the, I think I heard like a, a goofy gorsh. <laughs> So. <laughs> That's how I was watching TC2000, buddy. Trust me. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, this one is a little bit longer than TC2000. It is a bit of a long movie, but uh, I didn't really feel it. I, I liked uh, the length. The girth was just right for me. Uh, I, the only problem I have with this movie's length is uh, if you're going to put the motorcycle jump in every fucking trailer, then the whole movie I'm going to be thinking about when's the motorcycle jump going to happen, and the answer is like five minutes before the end, and uh, come on. But yeah, that's really it's really picking nits. Yeah, uh, well, it's hard to compare when like was it Rogue Nation? The whole marketing was the plane takeoff, and that's just the mm-hmm. opening scene. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, like, all right, yeah. all right, yeah, they'll yeah. just burn that early. You're like, oh shit, that's like the shot at the end. I mentioned last week that uh, I heard the physical comedy in this movie was very good, and indeed it is. That was one of my favorite parts because they're able to tell jokes without words, which a means it can sell overseas a lot better, and b it's just universally funny to any audience like you just I, I like the scene where they're looking everywhere for Ethan Hunt where could he be and the camera shows that he's running along the roof and I was like that's just <laughs> funny the way that they shoot that also Shea Wiggum just walking at the people and touching their face <laughs> that, <was> really <laughs> fucking, that killed in my theater just, just fish hooking really people especially in when his hair looks like that yes yes Elliot. he's not just the only one with hair like that by the way there's a couple thumb in their cheeks trying to <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I will say though, missed opportunity because they could have made him go after and grab a really, really big guy. And you know what else <laughs> yeah. would have killed overseas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like rolling up on the big show at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me, are you Tom Cruise down here? <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of, of climbing up on that black cuck's back and like trying to rip off his beard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not him. It's Stencil. <sighs> on belay. <laughs> 
So uh, the the story. Oh, okay. We. <laughs> If I have to criticize this movie, and I don't because there's like no laws against it, uh, it's not really a criticism. In fact, I actually kind of like this, but uh, the acting, part of it is maybe the way that it's shot, or, or maybe it's the direction, or who knows, but like, it got like, it felt like melodramatic at a couple of moments in ways that I kind of appreciate because it's like, yeah, we are taking this so fucking seriously. My favorite thing, so the story is about there's a rogue AI, and it's going to uh, take over the world. And there is a, they have a, not even a joint chief of staff, just a bunch of higher ups in the Department of Defense are having a meeting. And uh, this is right before, like, uh, Ethan Hunt walks in disguised as that one weird looking guy and uh, throws gas bombs in the room. There's one character who says, this godless, governmentless AI. And I was, the way that he said it made me chuckle in my seat. I, I like the idea of an AI that would have a god. <laughs> you, just, they, they, you sent him down the wrong rabbit hole while you're yeah. training him and, uh... the AI is the one that shuts down that dancing skeleton <laughs> boy you want to get tanked uh, just take a drink every time someone says the entity yeah or <laughs> the entity Jesus Christ yeah and the, a, uh, a little the, much the entity I guess is uh for, I don't know what it did with Eastside Morales, but probably something that's not in the Bible. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, there was a point where I was like, are they going to tell us more? And then like another hour in, I was like, I actually don't care. Let everybody yeah. just be this <laughs> yeah. fucking weirdo who, who just shows up like the Babadook and cuts someone's throat. That's yeah. fine. I, I liked when they revealed that he was sleeping in that sarcophagus. That It's uh, good. Yeah, the, the computer sarcophagus. <laughs> uh, I want to talk for a second about uh, Palm Clementine, but before I do, Alex, how about you talk about your crush here, the uh, the white, what is she called, the the White Widow? Don't care. Oh. I don't care. We should call whatever she want to be called. Because uh, we respect show, we women. Respect all women. Yeah. I respect all women. We just happen to respect some of them more than others. I uh, I'm not gonna do it, dude. I'm not gonna act like oh. uh, I'm not gonna act like the guy with the eyeballs shooting out of his head. It's okay. fine. Is it because we're recording at an earlier hour? Is that why? Uh, actually, no. But uh, had we recorded like an hour earlier, yes, definitely. No. <laughs> All right. In that case, ma'am, uh, respectfully, Awuga. Yeah. <laughs> Tips, Fedora. <laughs> I'm Yoda. All right, so uh, Palm Clementif, she was the uh, Mantis on the, the or in Guardians of the Galaxy. Excuse me, okay. I <laughs> I happen to uh, like her. I, I happen to like her quite a bit in this one, and I thought that I wasn't going to because as soon as I saw her character in like the previous, I'm like, oh, she's the silent badass femme fatale that you get in like all these movies. I'm like, oh, this again. I thought she did a really good job. It's mostly facial acting because you can tell that she's putting effort into all of her stunts. She's trying really hard to hit people and she's making faces that are like, I, I'm putting my all into this. And uh, you can read a bit more into that character that way. And as a result, you like this person a little bit more and you hope that she shows up at the end. And I'm glad that she does. Until uh, she dresses like a mime. That, yeah, you know what? can't defend that i i uh i got nothing for you we get it she speaks french tom you don't have to be this racist god damn well i enjoy enjoy that she communicated mostly by shrieks yeah that was a good bit i I actually don't care about the racism at all i just don't like mimes uh i just don't like french people 
<laughs> Luckily, we have Italians in this movie for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. The the, the Italians who would stop a sex crime. Oh, just, come on. Yeah. Again, <laughs> now I, we my, know my, who's my... pulling the strings over in the Church of Scientology. <laughs> now, let me. Did you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my uh, my working theory here is that they stopped him because he only grabbed one breast. They're just like, you got to go for two. <laughs> I There's thought no they just uh, they stopped it because he was out during siesta time. They <laughs> have those over there. <laughs> uh, all the countries that touch the Mediterranean have their own version of lazy three hours in the middle of the workday. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. You yeah, guys, my naparuni. <laughs> all right, uh, time for my six p.m. big stretch. <laughs> all right, guys, what are we watching? <laughs> How about uh, the, the guy who, who looked like uh, Lindsey Graham uh, telling Ethan, you have to pick a side. <laughs> <laughs> that is a callback to uh, the first movie, I think. I think so. I, I, I was realizing as I was watching these uh, that despite the fact that all of these thankfully come out like five years apart at least... Uh, they all still kind of blur together in a lot of ways, which is kind of impressive considering how self-contained each one of them is. But uh, even when uh, the fucking the white ghost shows up to sell arms, I'm like, oh, yeah, from the other movie, like three movies ago. It's like, no, that was Fallout. It was, just, it was five years ago. <laughs> it's literally oh, okay. the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is... um, there were definitely, they kept showing flashbacks. I was like, do I, do I know who this guy is? I haven't. <laughs> I've seen the first mission possible. I get that time. feeling. The, yeah. the answer to that is no, you do not. Which is okay. what made it so interesting that they brought back all of these other characters from all these other movies, and then this thing that's like supposed to be the motivation. It's like, oh no, this is just made up. <laughs> okay, good. Because I was like, I know I've seen it, but I feel like I feel like this is important. I remember this right. And I'm looking at her. She's like, I've seen two of these and tapped out. I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> Wait, like, oh, that was a lot better than I thought. I was like, yeah, you stopped watching as we got to the really good ones. That's on yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, man, she didn't you, see four. You're the, one that stopped at, you're the one that stopped after three, ma'am. I understand, but that's not my problem. Man, it is I'll the worst for- one by far. I'll be forcing her to watch Fallout shortly. Fallout's really I think good. watching two and three on back-to-back days. Uh, oh, oh. Look, I love two, <laughs> but yeah, it, either, either you're into two or you're not. Yeah, <laughs> There's no middle ground on that movie. Yeah, I still try to get people to watch all of them because I do think that there is something in yourself. Them. Yeah, but also like you know, you, you know, you know, a little bit about the story. Tom Cruise is just fun to watch in almost everything he does, if not everything he does. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's incredible in the third one, and uh, that's all the nice things I have to say about MI three. So you have the opposite take of that as you do your Batman take. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, my phone is ringing. It is. Uh, oh, look! It's Yellow Cyclone calling to complain about J.J. Abrams' lens flare. Uh-oh. How timely! Thanks, buddy. <laughs> movie looks like fucking shit, dude. I don't even. You know, the it. end of Lost. Like, sir, I was in high school. I didn't watch yeah, it. I don't care. <laughs> Get over it. I actually think, other than Jack Reacher two, Mission Impossible three is the movie where Tom Cruise looks the oldest, which is insane. It just that movie is just so fucking sepia. You look at him and it's like, oh, you must be seventy years old. Oh man, did you enjoy the thing going around about? Oh, there's a twenty year age gap. Like, yeah, he's sixty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, his co star is not also going to be a woman in her sixties. That's not how movies work. I'm sorry. 
Speaking of his uh, female co-stars, I thought they were all really good in this one. Their names are uh, lost to time. Uh, some of them are better than others, but, uh, you know, what can you do? Yes. Pour one out for Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, you're a real one, but I'm sure Dune is paying you a lot more, so I understand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta, oh, you gotta I, do what you gotta do. By the way, I saw like someone talk about the problematic age gap between a, 60 year old, a 61-year-old actor and a 41-year-old actress, and I'm like, boy, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, man, I... I got to pay rent. I don't care about any of this. Leave me alone, please. It could be ninety and twenty, and I wouldn't care. They're trying it's not to do... my fucking business. Leave me alone. They're they were trying to do the same thing for fucking Oppenheimer. I'm just like, you know, they're pretty close to the actual ages of those people. You know, they paid a lot of money to pretend to like each other, right? Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I feel like I, I've gone full uh, grill pill mode with any time I see anything like this. Like, oh man, I gotta work in the morning. He killed someone <laughs> else. On, man. Kill <laughs> Bam! Please stop telling me about Hollywood age gaps. I don't care. Is Leo DiCaprio's girlfriend? Is I don't. Care. <laughs> yeah, good for him, man. Do whatever you want. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. It's not my life. Are they breaking any laws? No. Cool. Fuck off then. Wow, she's only twenty five. Huh? I probably wouldn't do that. Hey, honey, what are we eating tonight? <laughs> wow, it's, uh, it, it's so weird that these consenting adults who can make their own choices uh, are making the wrong ones to you. Weird. I, yeah. You should, you should go tell them how you feel. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cruz, excuse me. Tweet about it. <laughs> well, anything so else back to this really good yeah, movie. Yeah. This movie good that we liked. We're, we, again, we don't really have much to say about it beyond it's good. You should see I, it, and yeah, you nothing that it. we're telling you should be convincing you to see it, because you should already want to see it, because yeah. it's good. I, uh, I try not to let tweets influence me, just in general, but I kept thinking of the tweets saying that Tom Cruise has decided that Ving Rabes would never have to stand up again. <laughs> uh, I thought about that the entire movie. Every time he's on screen, he's just sitting in that chair with that fedora on, eyes looking like he just wept for an hour, <laughs> just talking it's, real slow. I'm like, hell yeah, dude, good for you. It's great, because, like... The first scene that him and Simon Pegg are in, I'm like, oh, great. It's Tyrese and Ludacris, too. Thanks. This is what I wanted to see. And then, like, an hour in, I'm like, I'm so glad this isn't Tyrese and Ludacris. Thank you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, honestly, that was one of the things I was thinking throughout this whole movie is, thank God Tyrese isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot. Just me, Graves, literally, like, the climax of the movie should be like, all right, well, I have to log off and go uh, hack this computer, so uh, good luck on that train, Tom. See you it's, next uh, movie. <laughs> it also makes it extra funny that Renner's not in it. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting he was in these movies. <laughs> I completely forgot. It was he was supposed like, to. They were going to hand it off to him. He was going to be the he was going to be the new Jason Bourne, and then he was going to be the new Ethan Hunt. And he went over two and ran himself over with a snowplow. <laughs> <laughs> Go make tag two, dickhead. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, man. Uh, big shout out to making uh, the end of your part one an action set piece on a literal cliffhanger. We truly love to see yeah. it. We love film. Uh, as much as I want to talk about this movie scene by scene, uh, it's really good. Just go see it. It's like four or five giant set pieces, and then people sitting in a room talking about the entity. <laughs> there was definitely a point about a good hour and a half in where they started talking about it again. I just glazed over like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I don't care. The whole time I was You know what? I, I... Uh, that ahead. scene with uh, our queen, 
Vanessa Kirby. Well, they're sitting there like, you have to pick a side. You see, I've already seen that you're going to do this, so you have to do this. And I'm just like, all right. And like, there's going to be a fight in this nightclub, so let's just... Let's get to it, because I, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. This man who I can't tell if I'm supposed to recognize just keeps showing up, being like, hey, yeah, the computer keeps erasing me. Don't worry about it. The glasses don't work. <laughs> so anyways, I have foreseen all of your decisions. Like, fucking what? By the I, way, that, that's the scene where Ethan Hunt goes, listen, the computer is afraid, and it shows one of the screens with all, like, the uh, the PS2 memory blocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate real uh, tech shit for dumb people. It felt like, like the, the Rainforest Cafe where the tigers are afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, uh, again, like uh, this this character that you can never tell if you're supposed to recognize or not. Incredible villain yell at the end. Oh yeah, that was so He's fucking been good. Out of the key, I was so gassed up for that. We Dude, love a good villain yell. I, it reminds me, like when I saw Fallout with my sister, we were laughing hysterically over a moment where Tom Cruise goes, "Power," and we kept like doing that the whole time that we were like, as soon as we walked out there, we just kept quoting that constantly. And I was like, "Oh, I don't." There's not one of those moments for her. And then the the guy started yelling, Isai Morales started yelling like, "Ethan." <laughs> <laughs> He's got the a fucking really lighter animal house vibe. <laughs> Man, hey, if you guys like set pieces and also uh, up close magic, I've got a movie for you, dude. That was so <laughs> awesome. I got so hyped. Like the fourth time the lighter showed up, I was like, "Oh, they did it again!" <laughs> I, love it. I love movies. I love the magic of cinema so much. I should. There's I should so much plug like that thing close. and let me do magic. <laughs> There's so much close-up magic. I was so excited. <laughs> the first time she so shifted the thing talk. to her other hand, and I, I, and I knew that she was doing that for real. There's no way that was CG. No, not not in this fucking company. Yeah. I'll do it 300 <laughs> takes. Fuck it, it's COVID. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but don't you, don't you wish this character had her own origin story movie where she learns how to do magic? I grew up on the streets having to steal one to pickpocket lighters. Great. Love it. Always had to hide from the bobbies. <laughs> you think I'm just going to return this to you? <laughs> like, this is how I know I'm stupid. Because every time it just cut to a close-up of a pocket, I was like, Oh my god, look, they're going to do it again, you guys. <laughs> I was so happy. Such a fucking moron. <laughs> Are we gonna make him watch the Now You See Me movies after this? I would I probably am surprised enjoy I haven't. Uh, hang on, that's. that's I've been wondering that's my long. entire life who those movies are for, and now I know. So. <laughs> you know, Parker. Guys, actually... I have seen the greatest movie. <laughs> <laughs> I. That might, that might be a good is it wait is the, <laughs> is the prestige your favorite movie for from nolan it was too I mean, confusing I, for him I, f I figured it out pretty early on so oh, i was really underwhelmed obviously that is, uh, that is my favorite nolan movie however so. pretty, this is this, pretty good this podcast is so big on magic except for fantastic beasts so uh <laughs> i'm gonna buy a lighter well, it's 15 that, minutes that, that, the beasts weren't magic Sorry. they're just yeah. regular beasts yeah I'm going to buy a Sorry, lighter and just learn that. how to do magic tricks with that lighter. I just learned that now you see him, he's almost two hours long. Never a change of plans here. <laughs> almost two hours? That's, uh, that's like, below the that's below the good line. You're fine. <laughs> Dave Franco got billed below common. 
Uh, by the I, way, uh, Parker, um, if you want a movie that has uh, sleight of hand magic and a whole lot of it, there's uh-huh. this movie from the 1970s called. Nope. <laughs> Try again. Uh, called F for Fake, which is one of my favorite Orson Welles movies. Turns out he was also really hardcore into sleight of hand magic, and uh, he trained that way before he became an actor. Oh my god, this big fat motherfucker just <laughs> clapping at a table. Yes, he's actually doing that in front of like a little girl, like, I don't know, first you see the ball broke before your eyes, and now this other hand. Now think about it, watch it, keep your eyes on this. Orson Welles was born too early. Yes. Orson Welles would have loved the amazing Jonathan. He would have lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> he would have gone ape shit for him. That and Jackass. Oh my god, he would have. He would have really loved the two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> I was a big fan of the scene with the guy who looks like a freak. Who also, man, if that guy was born like twenty years earlier, David Lynch would have cast him in everything he <laughs> yes. ever made. <laughs> But I just love how they just do like 18 close-ups to his face, just knowing like, you all know this is a mask, right? right like, yeah. <laughs> hey, you no guys know what like this that. is, right? <laughs> hey, you guys in China, you guys know this isn't a person, right? I've really appreciated that. And then there's just the dramatic reveal of like, oh my god, it's it's Tom Cruise. How did <laughs> I know? I'm trying to think of what else to fucking hit on. Uh, it's just hard to, with the movie, it's just like, I don't mean this like, four or five amazing set pieces and then they say the entity a lot yeah. four and a half stars check it out yeah it's it's really fun can't say much more than that uh stay oh next week <laughs> we don't I mean, we don't we don't have to do those next week yeah, I'm right. gonna have seen them but like I don't I'll watch something else I don't there, there is a possibility that I'm just not gonna watch Barbie cause uh yeah, we're just for you. Yeah. And we we're supposed to buy tickets today, and then no one updated the group chat. And I was like, I could just have my Saturday to myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm single, <laughs> you know. Just I could just go with my girlfriend and not make this a twelve-hour affair. I <laughs> I already respect women, but Same this brother. pink Hawaiian shirt isn't going to wear itself. I respected many women in this film. <laughs> Same, top to bottom. <laughs> All right, and most of the men. Next week's episode, TC2001. (laughs) Let's give it another go, guys. (laughs) 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 And that's the T, sis.